Hey y'all, I'm Moni and you're mixing with Moni, okay? Welcome to my weekly mixer where I take your favorite Bravo shows, TV news, and hot topics, mix it with my opinions and some of my friends' opinions, a little shade, and sometimes a cocktail or two. I'm bringing in my POC perspective to shows we all love. Let's mix it up. Hello, 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 mixologists and pumpkins alike. It is your girl, Moni, and you are listening to Mixing with Moni. Okay, I am here, and (laughs) it's election week. Y'all, I'm doing this for you, but I'm also doing it for me because Lord knows I will not have the energy probably after being anxious all day to figure out what to talk about and stay focused. So we're doing this early-ish and we're putting it out now so that we can all enjoy in case you need a little pick-me-up, in case you need something to get you through the polls, in case you need something to get you through the week and a cocktail or three. Um, I have already tweeted, but yes, absolutely. If you're asking yourself if it's too early to take that drink, it's not. Go ahead, girl, person, everybody in between. Drink it. Do it. It's fine. We are going to be going through Potomac and a little bit of just hot um, housewives talk um, as we near as we near the premiere of Salt Lake City. I got to attend the virtual premiere with a, a little bit of the cast from the Salt Lake City franchise, the new housewife franchise. I got to attend that virtual um, that virtual uh, uh, premiere, and I got to talk with some of the ladies, there's other Bravo people there, other uh, Bravo content creators and podcasters alike. All of that I talked to Troy about, I told him about (laughs) why he should watch this show, why this show is going to literally get us through, why I'm so happy that it's coming out next week after we've had a little bit of time to breathe and recover and truly enjoy the newness of it all. If you are a Patreon subscriber, it is there already. The episode is up with Troy. Um, We're talking hot topics. Of course, Erica and Tom, Um, all hot topics are there now. And um, the premiere, I spill as much tea as I legally can and probably a little bit more <laughs> but no it's it's truly if you are not a patreon subscriber and you just can't swing it right now because i get it times are going to be interesting and different um hold on to your coin as much as you need to so if you can't do that and but you're like oh damn i want to know we do talk a little bit about it on this episode of the main feed pod but overall yeah, the, the bulk of it and the the details of what I experienced, what I saw, what I think of the cast already and their dynamic, which was pretty telling last night because they're all very green. That's on the Patreon. But we do talk about why you need to watch this show and what is going to be great about it on this episode as well. Mark your calendars, 11-11. Get yourself some new content. Please enjoy. Refresh yourselves. Feel inspired and encouraged, Okay. That being said, I have Troy on from the Dunzo podcast, Troy McGeady, and or McGetty. I am so sorry, Troy, for not clearing that with you beforehand, um, which are actual, the pronunciation of your last name is. But I have him on, and we are talking all the great things. <sighs> what my Black excellence is for this week, 
honestly, it, it felt so difficult to bring up the one thing because it felt like no matter what happened, there wasn't enough positivity to go. We needed double, triple, quadruple the, the, in the news of good things. So I thought to myself, do I just have a 17 person black excellence? No, I will not be doing that. So the one thing that I can say that I do think that is important that we remember is that black resilience is around us at all times. There were so many little adorable black baby Halloween costumes that I saw that I wanted to just post and post and post and repost. And I might do that for the next 48 hours as I am muting myself of Bravo hot topics and things outside from promoting the show. I, nothing else feels important like meme wise. Nothing feels creative yet as our civic duties and figuring out what we are going to do as a nation and as a people. So maybe I'll just post a bunch of babies in their costumes looking cute and dressing up as T'Challa as Chadwick Boseman has passed this year. Um, there was a young boy who dressed as his uncle as the first black US for Air Force chief of staff. Um, he's adorable. He dressed up as his uncle. Maybe that's what we need is some uplifting. And I'll just post a series of adorable black babies and children in their Halloween costumes. And that's what I'll do to encourage the people. So if you are not already following me on Instagram, um, make sure you do that by going to at Mixing with Moni, M-I-X-I-N-G-W-I-T-H-M-A-N-I, where I'll be posting a series of just babies in cute-ass costumes on the Instagram, because that's what we, we, that's what we need right now. Um, additionally, there is one Black resilience that I did have. It is Miss Kimberly Budd. She is set to become Boston's first Black woman, Chief Justice of the Supreme Judicial Court. Okay, Black woman first ever, 2020. Who? okay. Um, still really done with first in 2020 of Black anything. It would be lovely if we could just kind of get all that and just really stop making history as we just now open up the doors to minority people doing things that they were probably already qualified to do or could be qualified to do had they were given the uh, opportunities and the access and the resources. But nevertheless, she persisted and that's why Miss, oh no, I think it's, um, what, what, do they, what do we call Chief Justices? Justice Bud is the first black one, uh, first black woman in Boston. And because of them, we can. Uh, it says Justice Kimberly Budd is set to make history as the first Black woman Chief Justice of the Massachusetts Supreme Judicial Court, SJC, in Boston. Budd was nominated by Governor Charlie Baker this week. She spent more than 11 years on the bench, first as a Superior Court judge before being named by Baker to the SJC. She is a Harvard Law graduate. She has been a litigator and served as director of community values program at Harvard Business School. She's that woman. She's absolutely amazing. She will be replacing a Chief Justice Ralph Grant, who passed away uh, last month. 
And she sounds <laughs> very, very qualified for this role. Before being SJC, she worked as a federal prosecutor, previously serving as an assistant U.S. attorney and working in the general counsel office at Harvard University. Sounds like she's qualified for this role on a, a Supreme Court of some kind, even if it is a local Supreme Judicial Court in Boston. Sounds like she's qualified if she's tried cases and done great things. So we just are focusing on the fact that she's qualified for this position that she is in. Congratulations, Chief Justice. Bud, you are an inspiration. Little girls everywhere can look up to you. Little people everywhere can look up to you and be like, I want that because there's a bunch of different people in that role that I've seen and I know that I could do it too. Even if I haven't seen me, I see a lot of different people. And that's what we love. Diversity is finest and this woman making it shake for herself. She is Miss Black Resilience of this week. And now... We will get into a little mess and a little gossip, talking some Potomac, talking some housewives rumors, some SLC, and all the things in between with Troy from the Denzel podcast. Y'all enjoy, listen to this whenever you need to. Of course, new things will be up on the Patreon so that you have a little bit of extra things to listen to as well, like hot topics. I'll be doing The Bachelorette when it comes out, which is this Thursday, the 5th is when um, The Bachelorette does come out. So I'll be recording for the weekend. So that'll be up soon. And OC, I will probably do this weekend as well. Season four, episode two, watch along and let's have fun with it. Y'all take care of yourselves, relax. And let's talk about Potomac and all the things that have nothing to do with us right now. All right, guys, as promised, I am here with Troy from the hilarious pop culture podcast, Dunzo Pod. I have gone on his show, but he has never come on mine. And we're about to rectify that very, very quickly because we always have a good time. Hi. Hi, how are you? You know, mm. right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I we, we were just talking about this off mic. I don't know. I truly am unaware of how I feel. I, I mean, y'all, today is election day when we're recording this. We did this purposefully. We talked for many weeks, like, to be to it before, after, right. during, and the general consensus of two of us was we do it the day of so that that way it's done, it's over with. We have, like, at least a week before we need to really, like, you know, talk and stuff again in case our energy level wasn't going to be there post-election day and then we i would have to just sit and dread recording and that's never fun so we'll just act like nothing else is happening in case y'all need a pick me up after this week as well plus we'll have like a this will be like a relic of the last right. moments of whatever is about to happen you know like yes. those 9-11 those videos where that guy's filming like the glitter mariah glitter posters outside yes. this is us right now Yes, this is like this is all before things hit the fan. So you can listen to yep. this whenever you like. I'm hoping to have it out today. So on the same day, in case someone needs it to distract them to get through, or in case you need it post uh, yep. election to kind of just figure out what's going on outside of your immediate rights that have been affected or unaffected. God bless you if that's you. Don't know what that's like, but awesome. So. <laughs> right. 
um, yeah, we're going to be a little bit of a, of a distraction. Troy is also going to be joining me on my Patreon this week to discuss the hot topics of the Bravo week thus far. So, of course, head on over to the Patreon to hear all of that good stuff. Um, obviously, Bachelorette is late this week because it's election day. So, again, this election is taking over my life in every direction, including my trash television consumption. It'll be on out on Thursday, so the Patreon should be out probably later on during the weekend or um, next week as well. But we're going to get this episode out to talk Potomac and discuss some hot tops as soon as possible for y'all. Who? How are you doing, Troy? I just I don't know like I don't know what I'm feeling or how I'm feeling I was just telling you before we started I went I just went to go vote and I had this like you know I had this sort of pit in my stomach because I was like god what is what is gonna happen like what is it gonna be what is voting going to give this year at the Mm -hmm. polls like what is going to fucking happen and it was shockingly chill um i I always vote in person because I literally live across the street from my polling location. It's in my yard. Nice. I so. used to live like that. I wish I still did. I This year I was telling you I had to um, mail mine in early, early, honey. Yeah. Very, very early. And mine has, my state bless the soul of that state. They give me a tracking number. So I was able to track every single thing when the ballot was mailed to me, when I, when they got mine back, when it was casted, when it was accepted. Like, nice. I, it was lovely. Thank you. Yeah. Shout out to Maryland for doing that because I was like, great. I did my civic duty and I didn't even put it in the mail here, honey. I put it in the FedEx envelope and sent it to my mama at home because I knew my mama would pray over it, put it in the basket <laughs> and it worked. So I'm not, <laughs> I am very happy with my decision. I got it early and I put it in the FedEx envelope and sent it to my mama and she did what she did and yeah. it worked. <laughs> so <laughs> it's crazy that we have to do all these, like people are like bending over backwards, like standing in line 20,000 hours. I know. Snacks. Someone was like, what should I bring to the polls? Should I study or should I bring a coloring book? I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I know. It's just we're all doing so many things just to make this work, which is expected right now is where we are. But, you know, um, they say we shall overcome. We will see who we is that shall be overcoming. But hopefully it's all of us that will overcome. I really hope. God, it's just like, it feels like we are right now living in like a movie. Like it doesn't feel real and I think it's like I think I don't know how to feel because my brain doesn't know how to process that this is our reality like it won't accept it and then I keep having to be like no this is what is happening like this is the world yeah it's it's so crazy it's crazy I never thought that we would people used to they used to speculate and y'all of course we're gonna get straight on into the bravo we're not gonna be doing this the whole time but it's like it's impossible not to right everyone like even if i put this out right now i feel strongly no one will listen to it because everyone is simply just waiting to see what's gonna happen and no Mm -hmm. no matter what side you're on you're just sitting there and waiting like everyone's exactly it feels like we're in a waiting room uh, you know for the doctor or the surgeon you know what i mean we're prepped for just waiting for them to get started but it feels like we are 
in this really weird place of like nobody knows what is going to happen next and it, it used to be early on when the pandemic first started we all thought we were going to be in here two weeks we thought it would be like one one month at most mm-hmm. and like oh i wonder if they'll remember this during the election i'm sure they'll remember it during the election and here we are at the very tail end of it like this is this is it we're still here yeah so we're still very much here yeah, it feels like we never really expected this and saw this coming. So now we're trying to do this thing where we just sit and talk about TV shows and the things that are distracting us from what we're trying to not focus on. And that's what we're going to do. We, we're going to try that. We're going to well, I'm excited. And get into Potomac. Thank goodness it came on and it was so good because it gave me something. You know what I mean? Right. And then re-talking about it with you is going to be just a breath of fresh because it was much better um, than what I was expecting because I wasn't expecting much because this week has already been so crazy and I've already been like ready to drink all day. So I um, yeah, I tweeted, it was like, I don't know who needs to hear this, but no, it's not too early to drink it. Just so the really funny girl. thing, I told, I told Maya before we started recording that I may have a package come. It's a box full of wine. <gasps> Love that. Like, it's a, yeah, it's literally not? a box full of liquor, just so you know. <laughs> not a package, it's just wine, y'all. It's like, okay, yeah, we have a package. I'm thinking that's something really important for work, for your No, no just storm. bottles. No, honey, it's just the good old Jesus juice, as yeah. Redmond calls it. Like, um, yeah. any specific recommendations? So it's a, it's a big box of, I just ordered a bunch of wine. Love that. I did like um like a wine sample and I tried all these different kinds. Okay, I like that. I yeah. I went to um the virtual premiere of Salt Lake City uh for Bravo and I saw uh, that was so fun. Yeah, it was really fun. I I will (laughs) we will talk freely about that on the Patreon just because y'all I it still hasn't aired yet so I. It's not that I'm trying to get people to listen to the Patreon. It's just that I am willing to risk it for people that are paying for it because I might need that money for legal protection. Um, (laughs) Because they definitely had me signing things, honey. Like they had me signing things. So I can't talk about a lot of details about the episode and stuff until the episode premieres for everyone. Right. I will be talking about that event and everything that went down. Oh my God. All all the Bravo, they call us influencers. All the Bravo content creators were all in the chat making sure we could talk about this event. We were like, we could talk about this though, right? We could we could we could put it on the internet. We can take the pictures and they were like, yes, just not the episode. So I will be we can talk a little bit more freely and you know any thoughts or questions or predictions you have i'll see if i oh can my God. Okay. come out and we can okay. talk about that on the patreon because honey i'm not the episode is great it is very refreshing for the people who are listening who can't do the patreon right now the episode is great it's very refreshing it's new they're new people so it's very good in that sense it's like okay and they give us a lot it's it's bigger it's longer i believe it'll be longer than normal um it's like an hour 15 i think because it was very scrumptious. I was simply oh thinking, God. this is still going on in like episode one. Like it felt like a lot. And it's crazy because they're recording, their filming schedule is very wild. And we'll talk about, you know, that specifically because that involves some details from the episode. And I think we'll talk about that later. But the episode was good. I think that 
it wasn't that it wasn't great. It was that this event with the women was so much more telling that than the, the ex- epi- actual episode. No, the like that one we, we did the virtual premiere with like four of the women of the cast. Holy shit! So meeting the women was even more monumental and gave oh me even more things than the actual episode. And the episode gave me a lot. It wasn't like they were all try hard. It was very much so we were being introduced to them very, not delicately, but very carefully. There's definitely enough there to build a season. They're not going to be scrounging around for uh, fights and things like that. Simply because a few, they do, they, a few people are very uh, scared about how they're going to address the whole Mormon thing. They right. do talk about it a great deal, but not in a way that I thought, like not in a way that was annoying. It's more so like they have to discuss why they either left or why, you know, they have an issue with someone and that's, and it's because of that. So there it's, it's more like backstory, but not, it does not hinder their performance as housewives. I, I do not think that'll happen. Well, the reality TV Mormon of it all is, like, it's an interesting thing because the shows that we have, like, I'm obsessed with all things, like, polygamy and- Me too! I I love the girls in Utah. I like to watch them all the time. God, I'm obsessed. Did you watch Big Love? No, but I did see, like, um, Seeking Sister Wife. That was a fun show I, I mean tlc gets me when it comes to polygamy and all those things like i am fascinated by things that i don't know and that i don't understand um it's the, oh I think it's the educator in me so i mean obviously none of these you know none of these ladies are you know they're trying to show a very different side of it but that's also the fun thing is that when they explain it it's not like a hi let me give you a lesson on mormonism it's like right these are the reasons that I'm not in it or the reasons that I was in it was because of all these things. And it's like, okay, so, oh, that's what they stand for. Oh, like every woman has such a different take on how they were in it or how they related to it. So it's like, oh, I didn't even know that. I didn't know that. So it feels refreshing because they're describing it in the realm of their life and why they're not there. And it's not like, hi, I'm a Mormon. It's like, you know, it's like, all these things are what contributed to me being who I am or not being who I am. Like what you see is the antithesis of right. that, which is why I'm here and not there. <laughs> so. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm just, I'm interested to see how much they divulge or how much they share, how they choose to share it, like the whole thing. Cause it's like all of the shows on TV that kind of toy with the whole Mormon thing. It's like, they, like sister wives choose to sh- they choose to show things in this very specific light. They want everything to appear to be this very specific kind of way. You know, everything's about family and blah 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 and, and perfect. roots and perfect. We're perfect and we yes. get along. We're all feminists and we tell Cody what to do and he you know it's like all of that and it's like I'm I'm excited to see their take on this yes. very sort of. I love that you thing. said that because I think they will do a great job of answering that. Amazing. I do think they'll do a great job of being like, from the housewife perspective, honey, yes, we may have been more, yes, we are, yes, whatever, but we were picked for this franchise for a reason. There's yeah. a reason we're on Bravo and not TLC. And I think oh that that gives it a brand new edge. And in episode one, I was like, oh, okay. Oh, wow. We're setting up things early. And I think that it was really great. I loved it. I felt very refreshed. But honey, that virtual... Oh that virtual oh my media God. podcast, we will 
talk. And you got to meet them before, like you got to meet yeah. them. Yeah, they're, they're green. They're brand yeah. new. And Troy, that's the thing. They're so new to this. And I'm like, you oh can't God. say that. <laughs> like, like, you're about to become no. famous, girl. Like you cannot. It's a, it's so funny because you could tell who was nervous, who was very green. Y'all, all I'll say is Jen Shaw, I think was getting very turned. And I loved every wow. moment of it. By the end, I was in the chat like, I want to be Jen when I grow up. Like, I, and Heather is a fun time. I think they just were so nervous that they were getting themselves loose, but they're also not refined. They're not yep. normal housewives yet. Yep. They're not. But Meredith is the exception. She's a little bit more conservative, and we'll talk about that and what I noticed later. But she's a little bit definitely more reserved, and she's more in this to make sure the family is shown and all these things. But there are some things you will see about her family that make you go, oh, and her take on it makes you pleasantly surprised and you want you realize why they chose her so i'm like okay okay sure but um she's uh, definitely more reserved so it was like very much so half the cast there was having a grand old time (laughs) and i was like i want to drink with them (laughs) oh i am way more excited now than i was before Mm -hmm. i'm so happy that you just said all that yes no y'all will love it i think you'll love this cast i think they definitely even for a first episode never expect so so much because it's we have to build but the fun thing is we don't know these women so the first episode is refreshing because you don't know anything about them so everything is so brand new you're like oh and oh above all else the views gorgeous the homes we are back to wealthy people yes i need to escape i need the aspirational (laughs) living i mean the views these women have in their homes of the mountains and things we're back to aspirational I'm i'm covering oc season four on my Patreon as well. Um, and I'm like, yo, how far have we fallen from grace? Because they used to give us the price tags at the bottom of the screen. Oh, I miss the price and, tags. Don't you miss a price so tag? Much. They would talk talk to us about Vicky trying to buy a $1.2 million yacht and they spent the $10,000 at a trunk show. Like, I miss those days. And we've fallen so far from trunk shows to casitas. <laughs> It's so it's true. God, so I miss bad. when they would do the price tags. It mm-hmm. added such a, a weird to the show that was so enjoyable. Yeah, because they were also trying to compete for like who was the richest and the prettiest. They would still like talk yep. about things like that. They'd yep. be like, oh, well, you know, Simon loves taking care of me. And Lori like opens up her scene in episode one of season four, which I just covered. Um, she's like, my husband, I love him so much. He just would pick exotic places and he would just say, book the tickets. Let's go there. And that's why I love him. I'm like, <laughs> George loves buying me horses. That's just such a wild reason to love a husband, but I <laughs> would love the opportunity to try it. Yeah. Never forget Lori, like looking for her mister. Remember when she like dressed up and went to the Playboy mansion to try and find a man? Lori, <laughs> <laughs> what a... Time. Like it's such a great season. I mean, I'm probably gonna end up in a couple of weeks asking you to review one of those episodes with me for that. Oh my too. God, I would love to. It's a really good season. It's the first season of Gretchen, and so that's a wild mm, time. So okay. um I'm having a great time doing it because I never saw it. So um yeah, we're back to money though. It feels very reminiscent of those days that we loved about the housewives these women have some coinage. They're even the smallest house. I was like, that's, that, okay. 
Oh my god, All right, I'm so nice. excited. I'm Which so excited. Utah is a little bit more reasonable, but there's a lot of money in Utah. And it feels like we found some. And there's even, this is like a little teaser, there's even some pause where you will think to yourself, that job doesn't equate to that kind of home. Mm, How okay. do we have okay. the money? Ooh, I, love, I love to wonder. Don't you love a wonder? I love to question it. wondering <laughs> and questioning a person's finances. It's the best. So you will watch one and be like, I'm sorry, wait, what? Huh? <laughs> okay, oh, and I'm it'll so take excited. a minute. But as the episode progresses, you'll be like, wait, didn't she say, then how did we, can, huh? Oh okay. And um, I'll have Courtney coming on from Two Judgy Girls this week to talk to Bachelorette on my Patreon, but I'm going to have her answered that same question because she brought it to my attention she googled she googled salaries so she was like i need to know because this is not adding up and you love when you have to google you're in for something good it's the best when you when when a housewife's finances don't make sense it just leads to such a beautiful journey on tv somebody fronting somebody has some money buried somewhere it's very Mm -hmm. like you know someone is borrowing from peter to pay paul someone's mm-hmm. driving around in their mortgage someone's doing what they have to do to stay relevant in the society circle and opening up toaster oven businesses to get an extra line of credit just to fund their life i literally the other day so i've been watching i've just been watching old housewives on or on um on hulu just like mm-hmm. random episodes and seasons and i watched the season of i want to say it was like it had to be season one or season two of atlanta where Lisa Wu Hartwell was like probably the first housewife to have financial issues on TV Mm. and her their house foreclosure or whatever and basically you found out that they had been lying about how much money they had and that they Mm -hmm. had been renting stuff and and stuff to to be on the show they wanted to keep up and it bit them in the ass and I was like wow I remember watching that when I was a teenager and being blown away by the fact that they had lied about their money. I could not believe yeah. it. I was like, oh my God. And, and now, now it's we watch like, all of them lie. They just Yeah, it's like the whole yeah, that's the whole thing. Lying all the time. It's so crazy. Oh, that being said, we can definitely get into some lies. Because <laughs> I don't know why that made me think of Robin. <laughs> but we're gonna actually dive right on into Potomac because that's that it tracks so yes. not that robin's lying about her finances but the irs would beg to differ honey so <laughs> the irs is somebody lying and it's not us newsflash so exactly um this episode of potomac y'all know we go all over the place so i'm not gonna get like a normal formal recap just shooting the shit whatever we loved about the episode as much as we can remember first thing that sticks out to me is giselle calling robin's hat business embezzled Giselle is so like she said what's it called and she said it like three times what's it called embezzled (laughs) embezzled right (laughs) embezzled and I was I love that Raven from Manly Bravo um decided to include us the clip of Black China's show on the Zeus streaming network where all she her assistant I think former assistant is like accusing her of trying to use the assistant to embezzle money and black china can't wrap her mind around this accusation she cannot she is so disturbed by the word embezzled that she says it 
it's the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. And I've posted it so many times and I posted it again on my stories. Um, but it made me think of that because Giselle kept saying it. And I just kept thinking embezzle, embezzle, embezzle. Her meme literally 40 times. Like I watched that clip literally a hundred yeah. times in a row. Embezzle. What you talking about? Embezzle. She's talking about I'm embezzled. And embezzle what? I just want to know what I embezzled. Embezzle. And it's so funny because Blanchetta is not even overreacting. That's the whole point. Is that that's such a wild accusation to make is that you wanted her to embezzle money. Like, what is she made off? And that's why it's so crazy because just that was saying that to her best friend. How's your hat business going? Embezzle? And the IRS is like, huh? Embezzle? She said embezzle too? We already need our 90000 What are you talking about embezzlement? Like, what you talking about? And Robin's like, hold up. Wait. <laughs> no, thank Poor you. Robin. Like, Poor Robin. Robin has had a really tough go as, I mean, Robin is one of those housewives that like, over time, I've grown to like her a lot. I've really grown to find a lot about Robin that I look forward to on the show. But it's taken me a long time to get here. Yeah, I did. You're right. It felt very much like Robin is the the happy to be here gal. Like, there, there wasn't really a whole lot to her personality for many years on the show, she was the girl that mumbled in a low uh, baritone voice. They call her the sleepiest uh, housewife. <laughs> she, gives, she gives sleepy all the time. And it does feel like she's come out of her shell a little bit and she's more expressive and she's more comfortable on the show. But, and then like her finances and her relationship and her living in the townhouse, like she's just mm-hmm. had a really tough go, I think, at trying to maybe finding her footing on the show would be yes, a good way to put and it. she like just made a little bit of money selling the houses or flipping houses in baltimore or whatever mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden the government's like um but you need to tell us about it like right. give us the insight and she's like oh shit i don't get to keep that money no girl yeah <laughs> nobody does that's why everyone's going out to vote because they don't know <laughs> yeah. everyone falls on this taxes conversation differently everyone's real sick of that's the whole thing it's like where do people get off thinking that they, just, they get to forget money the irs will always remember for you they will literally set an alarm for you and be like hey girl um we see you made five dollars right three twenty-five of that is ours just and you're on let you know <laughs> Like, how many housewives have to have tax issues for the next housewife to realize? How many times does Robin have to have tax issues? (laughs) (laughs) She already had financial issues with the bankruptcy or losing the money to the ripoff guy uh, and the restaurant or whatever. Like, girl, if you would think at that point you'd be the most, the most on the up and up on your taxes and on your finances. Like, if that happened to me and I lost my husband, my marriage over it, like, yes, I know Juan cheated, but please believe he handled the disappointment and the discouragement of losing his money in a very poor way. That's what that right. was. And it's not an excuse for him cheating. There is no excuse. But trust and believe, he just was a man and he did a very stupid thing 
because not all the time do men make the best decisions of I should just express how I feel. Oh no. Right. In fact, I will do something reckless. But that's usually what happens. And he did something reckless instead of expressing the fact that he was probably just insanely disappointed and embarrassed to have made all that money and it be gone. Like that's a controversial about her and Juan. Yeah. I don't buy any of this stuff. Ooh. Like I don't I don't not buy it. I don't not think that her I and mean, of course I think her and Juan are in love. I think that they will Do probably you? I don't see it all the time. I think I see familiarity. That's a good way to put it. I Comfort. think I see yeah, like he just they live in the same house and it just be easier and he still they have love for each other. I don't see them in love. I also think it's just cheaper for them to combine as a married couple instead of constantly having two incomes who's going to claim the kids you know those right. kind of things mm-hmm, mm-hmm, i think that mm-hmm. it's just easier and i think it's like okay we have love for each other and no one's going to really understand the situation but but us but each other so i think that they just make it work and there's love there and they were always attracted to each other and i think there's still something there but i don't get that but i also don't think either of them want still that, that they don't think they need or need you know or are looking for that fiery passion thing anymore I think they're genuinely right. both like, okay, we still find each other hot and fuckable. We love each other. We got kids together. We might as well. But that's really not how it goes to them. It's like, okay, that's enough. I also think that Juan, after, I mean, how many seasons are we in now? This is five. Okay, so after a, a total of four seasons, making his, his, what, his girlfriend, fiance, whatever you want to call her, long-term, whatever, partner, making her look like a complete fucking idiot on TV for years. Why, mm-hmm. why do you stay? Why are you with this guy? Just really making her look like a fool writing for this guy who has no time or patience or, any, or anything for her. Like, I do feel like they probably sat down and had a talk. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. can you not make me look like a fucking fool on TV? I'm the mother of your children. Like, I mean, I'd rather not have people asking me all the time why I choose to stay with you. I'd love that if, and I'd agree with that theory if that wasn't the fact that she's on this show. They all look like fools. All of them. That's true. The men on this show make the women look like fools every so which true. way. It's Everyone. so crazy to me because they're we're arguably talking about the prettiest cast ever. Right. I think in history. They are gorgeous it's it's unsightly sometimes to look at that entire cast it's yeah. not good for my eyes or my brain or my self-esteem so, <laughs> right. <laughs> like they're so gorgeous i mean yes i think that jamal and giselle for instance but they're the exception because i think that they already have an arrangement or something going on there but he got her looking stupid in front of her daddy you know juan got robin looking stupid and crazy that troll got ashley fucked up like he right. really has her fucked up out here the only one that doesn't is really wendy's husband and because even chris though we like when most people like chris as monique's husband she seems to clearly be lacking support she really yeah, does seem to sure. clearly be lacking the support that she desires i mean I, i've made this point before on the pod the first thing that he said when she gets into the car that didn't seem like editing he was like I, she was like i got into a physical fight with candace instead of like oh my god i was your friend like are you okay like the emotional background that goes into that Mm-hmm. Or like, uh, okay, are you okay? Like, do you need to go to the hospital? I don't know if you're coming home. She didn't say any of that information. It's 
mm, that's embarrassing. What? Right. No. And to whom? You weren't there. Like you're more worried about her embarrassing you than you are making sure that she's okay mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, anything. Not to mention she literally just lost a friend because if they weren't lost before, you lost when you fucked me up. Like you're, yeah. we're not friends anymore. And I think that's a very major thing that he kind of missed. And right before that, she's asking him for more support. And he's like, take it out the bank account. And she's like, I don't want financial support. I want your support. I want you, sir to date and he's well if we go on dates i don't want to hear that you're tired and we can't fuck and i'm like huh don't you think it's funny that together that circumstance has threaded itself through you know all every city every Mm -hmm. season every variation of housewives has that that thread of the wife who was happy to be with this guy who had a lot of money and then she sort of finds herself in being a housewife her career flourishes Mm -hmm. she becomes more independent she needs more support and you watch the husband either be able to do it or not and it's interesting how many husbands on the show are not able to cope with their wives becoming more self-involved Mm, yeah you're right i think that it, it, it and, and i even look at karen her husband is telling her on national tv we got problems Ugh. like yeah. truly i think and i was just talking to kaya from bravo while black and Aaron, but kaya made the point that um it's it seems as if they were doing this marriage exploration as a storyline. And I think Mm. Karen realized very quickly that her relationship is actually in real trouble. Mm -hmm. And that kind of took her by surprise. And that's why she went upstairs because she was like, oh shit. Mm -hmm. And I think that's exactly what it is. Like now you have Ray being like, oh, I used to be, you know, big man on campus. And she used to just just be my wife. And that Mm -hmm. was fine. But now that I'm just her husband, that's not going to work. And it's, crazy to me to think that to hear that because it's like okay a marriage is supposed to be a partnership something like that and they're like he's like nah and so all of them i mean with i guess lightly the exception of candace's husband which people have qualms about him because of his own kids which i uh, i struggle with and i try not to touch too much on it because i have uh some a strained relationship with the parent and it seems that though sometimes everyone's like okay well he shouldn't be a deadbeat. That I agree with. You should not be a deadbeat father. But it does also seem that he's addressed it many times that he does want some kind of relationship with them. I wonder Mm -hmm. if there's a kid or two or more who is not receptive. And that is also okay. I don't think we're dealing with a Riley situation from Atlanta where Mm -hmm. the dad just like never pops up and then all of a sudden Mm -hmm. like, hi, I want to be here and then stops coming. Um, I know what that looks like. I have lived through that. So I don't think that's what we're dealing with. But I do also know what it feels like, like Riley, to be like, I just would prefer to not have contact. And the older you get, the more agency you have. And often you have a mother or a parent who's like, do you even want to see this person? And if the kid is like, nah, then they're not going to push them on it. Even if it's like, well, you need to take care of your kid. They're not going to push that person on their kid because of the emotional turmoil that it might take so yeah see i know what that looks like Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and yeah when i i mean when i was younger like i wasn't able to fully express to my mom like how much i didn't want to be a part of my dad's life me Mm -hmm. you know what i mean me personally 
uh, not the other way around. And then when I got older, it was, that's, that was exactly it. She was like, okay, well, I'm not going to force you to do Like, I can't force you to do this if you don't, if you don't want to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Exactly. That's why I'm like, I think his kids are a little bit older because they were like seven and 10 or something when mm-hmm. they got married and they got married at least two to three years ago. So now we're talking about preteens and that's a very interesting time where if you're not in the house every day, they might not want to see you. They really just right. not. They might be like, because they're very picky about what they want because they're trying to figure out emotionally what it is. They don't know. They don't right. have the emotional intelligence yet as they're going through puberty and hormones to be like, this is what I need and what I want. And instability, like a father going in and out uh, and seeing him every other weekend might actually just do a lot of sh- damage. It really just yeah, might totally. for a middle schooler. That seems like a lot. Like I was already going through a lot of middle school. I couldn't imagine going through the same thing with my parents that I went through in high school, going through it mm. in middle school. I, w- I would not survive, honey. I'd be right gone (laughs) so because that was already a trying time but so with the exception of maybe chris as a husband only candace is chris and wendy's husband because we just met him the other husbands are very good at embarrassing the shit out of their wives on television (laughs) yes very true so sad so so sad and you know again so is giselle she's very good at, uh, at embarrassing robin and i wish robin would just get a little bit of balls and be like I'm sick of all y'all embarrassing me because at the tea party, the woman in slides has the audacity to come at Robin and and ask her about her hat line and and call it by the wrong name. They could get her in more trouble with the federal government. So, and Giselle was wearing slides. Slides. I've never had a more complicated relationship with a housewife than I've had with Giselle. I really, and I really Mm -hmm. do mean that. I've never Mm -hmm. loathed somebody so much, but also loved them to the point okay, the amount that I love her. Like she literally makes me laugh so hard sometimes that I keel over. So I think she's one of the most hard. beautiful women I've ever seen it's in so my life. She's so stunning. Oh and my God. She is so funny. Like it's usually like when you're pretty, you don't have to have a personality. <laughs> right. She really does have both. Like she is fundamentally <laughs> one of the funniest people on TV. I really totally. believe it goes... Portia, Giselle, Miss Karen. I really believe that is like the holy trinity of comedy on Housewives. And I would die without them on my screen giving me all the best shade and the funniest lines. And truly Giselle is so funny and she's so gorgeous and the fashions are so dreadful. The interior design is so abhorrent. I don't believe she picked it out. I don't believe her. I believe I'm being joked. It's even more... It's, it's even more shocking when, you know, when Giselle has a moment where she like dresses really well, when she shows up to an event and you're like, wow, look at what Giselle looks like when mm-hmm. she actually puts a fucking outfit together that works. Oh my God. Like, Holy let shit. Let me do it. Let me do it. Like, I'll dress you up. Okay. Right. Because right. It ain't, it's not working. It's not working. Oh, she's so tacky and she's not tacky in a fun way she's tacky in like an actually she actually is tasteless like in that way fun that you tacky Jersey oh, totally is fun tacky fun tacky Teresa and they know it was fun tacky it's not the cutest but it like it fits her like it fits right. her body like the cheetah we were all over it like the jumpsuits and stuff melissa gorga wears like the same 
like jumpsuit or like bodysuit with like the teardrop over the boobs type right. thing every year yes jeans and a boot and it's it's like a tacky that used to work marge all of them it's tacky that works giselle's doesn't work it simply mm-hmm. just is bad it's tasteless it's so bad it's really really tasteless it's like tasteless in that way where you're like wow i'm like it's too late to teach you what works you just are tasteless now (laughs) like you can't be taught just because they sell it at marshall's girl doesn't mean you need to buy it (laughs) there are plenty of lovely things at marshall's that i have bought that have worked very well because you got to know what to get to go early and look through the right racks and she's looking through the wrong racks and going at 3 p.m that's not good time for marshall's and but she's so effortlessly shady and to me i always say like what lisa renna tries to do which is like self-produce a scene and Mm. make it so that you really are being drawn through the story the way she wants you to but she doesn't do it effortlessly like she'll just Mm. randomly throw out i know where the chicken comes where people doing coke in your bathroom it's like girl where were we when were we talking about that like it makes sense like she doesn't do a great job always of producing effortlessly whereas giselle finds a way to merge a conversation and merge that lane without any blinker and anyone like knowing into one lane. And all of a sudden yeah. we're talking about Dr. Wendy. So she has something to take back to Wendy. And then all of a sudden we're with Dr. Wendy talking about Karen. So she has something to take back to Karen. Like she's mm. very good at being a bone collector in such mm-hmm. an effortless so way that I have to forgive her passions because she's driving my scene home. She's so, oh, that's so true. She's such a good bone collector and she's so good at masking shade with concern you know try like she really does sometimes make these girls feel like i'm just talking to my friend i'm opening up to my friend because she's concerned and she's squinting her eyes at me and her head is tilted and she looks like she's really tuned into how i feel and giselle Mm -hmm. is just taking collecting of this fancy ass little tea party imitating Wendy's ascension from the stairs down a staircase that I now can never unsee. <laughs> so Wendy, hey, this is what she said you was doing. <laughs> and it's like, it's the same way that she did it at, the, at Monique's house. She said, um, she was on a walk with Wendy. She goes, well, you know what? You need to not be worried about Ashley. You need to be worried about Karen calling you a freelance floozy. It's like, Wow, you just will never miss an opportunity. The girl is struggling about her mommyhood and her baby. And you're like, well, why are you thinking about that baby not being here? You need to be also thinking about how Karen doesn't respect your job. Right. What? Like, she's so good at that. It's so messy that I need it. It's so good. She's a professional (laughs) housewife. She is. I think they do a very good job on this franchise of being housewives. I've said that many times. I get it. People are like, oh, you know, Wendy, she came in so hot. She's so extra. And I'm like, I know, I see you. And I challenge you, Garcelle, which is Beverly Hills is such a slower, sleepier franchise than Potomac, than any of the East Coast girls. And people still came for Garcelle. They were constantly like, why is she not getting mixy enough? I wish she would get more involved. I wish she would have asserted her two cents, which I get why she didn't. She's scoping out the situation. She knew she was kind of tokened. And so she really wanted to make sure she understood what she was about to do before she got herself into something she couldn't get herself out of. Right. And I get that. And she could do that on Beverly Hills. You cannot do that on Potomac. And they were still looking for that energy 
from her on Beverly Hills. Same thing happened with Leah. Dorinda told us at BravoCon, Leah is gangster. Y'all are gonna, her words, not mine, but y'all are gonna really connect with her. She's so, she takes it further than me. And it took, it took a couple of episodes for Leah to even rev up to that point. Though the right. very first episode, Ramona came out the gate. I don't know her. I'm not talking to her. The very mm-hmm. first episode, mm-hmm. Dorinda was telling Tinsley, you're never gonna get married turkey baster. Like, literally. Right. They were already going so fast. And Leah was like, whoa, holy shit. She got whiplash and she did catch up. But I'm like, girl, you got to get in there because Dorinda is nuts. So I can't too much fault Wendy for being so mixy in in, in there because it's Potomac. I fully believe Giselle would have set her and been like, so why are you here? You don't add anything. And she would have basically questioned her employment on the show on camera. They you you don't think Karen would have shoot her up and spit her out? Absolutely, they would have been like, "You have nothing to say. You ain't said nothing all season. You can go by." Like we're in episode ten. She she's no longer doing the most. She's no longer over jumping the 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 gun. It's episode ten. She needs to be in the mix. And now what I think happened is there was a miscommunication between Karen and Wendy when it came to the word ignorant that made it seem like Wendy. I think Wendy really thought that she was coming for her overall like intelligence and her ability to grasp a situation. Mm-hmm. But, and, 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 you know, Wendy's like, uh, excuse me, honey, I have four degrees and we know right. we get it. But as someone who's in a master's program, I will talk about it until I am on to my next program. So you just gonna have to fight me on that. So I kind of get it, the multiple degree thing, but it seemed that that's what Wendy was thinking. But Karen was just saying, there's plenty of sides here and there's a lot of complexity here and you're ignorant to think that there isn't another way that I could have approached this other than what you're suggesting. Because Winnie did come late to the party. She came late to the conversation so she didn't have the wherewithal of of what was all happening. But Karen definitely was like, the word choice was wrong. Not the ignorance. It was more so for someone so educated, you sound ignorant. And I think that's where Wendy took off. I agree with you. I I definitely see both sides of it. I understand the context of people being like, I I understand people think feeling like she came in too hot to this whole scenario because she hasn't been there. And it's like, if these women are going to sit down and by the way, I'm obsessed with the conversation that you and Cara Berry had about this. (laughs) I completely agree with everything that you said. Like, if you guys are really going to sit in a group and judge whether or not this girl is allowed to be in your group anymore, mm-hmm. like, Wendy has a lot to say for somebody who just met everybody. You know what I mean? Like, this is a girl who they've all formed really intense connections with now at this point. They've been through some shit together for years. They've, like, been in the trenches with this show literally white knuckling it to be like respected by the other cities and by people like the Potomac women have been through a lot together just as like a franchise yes and it's like the fact that she came in and was just like well should she be in our group it's like girl you may need to like have several like it's okay to have an opinion you were there during the fight you were helping unclench her her grip from from Candace's hair I get it but like yeah, and she lot. was taking things out of Candace's hand too because I think Wendy honestly thought it was going to come from a different direction I thought she I think she thought that Candace 
was going to be the one to kind of um, totally yeah to pop off first and she was taking things out of her hand which is a good friend thing to do i still don't understand how they're friends like i get everybody's like oh Oh, i know she's coming in she's on candace's side i always think that everyone tries to pick a side and they're saying oh you can in the first year but i think she was like this group is going to be heavily divided anyway i have to kind of aside with one because andy always says if the girls won't film with you, you won't be asked back. So right. she felt like she needed to get in with someone. And it seemed to her, I think, from at least her husband's probably legal perspective, the person who did not throw the first punch probably is the most secured employment. Well, to your point, I mean, I definitely think that she, you know, with that being said, I do think that she she has overstepped her her boundaries as far as as far as if she's allowed in the group and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's a lot of opinion to have for somebody that you just met. But I do think that she has asserted herself in the group successfully. I don't think you can, anybody can deny that. Like, yeah. she's in the group. Like, the fact that they even... Listen, if Giselle didn't think that she had, you know, any place talking about what they were talking about, Giselle would have said something. Karen, too. Like, they respected her thoughts and on everything that happened she has asserted herself in the group like she's in the group now for real it feels like she's been there forever honestly i mean because essentially she kind of has i mean they started filming really early last year and this fight happened in october so it was well after a month at that point and i think they filmed so many things like off and on in between that it made it makes sense and i think she just I don't agree with the Candace Alliance. Again, I still don't know. And it says not, this is not even shaded Wendy. I don't understand how Candace ended up having a friend with that many degrees and that much of employment. Like to be so gainfully employed as Dr. Right. Wendy is and a woman of such esteem and establishment, it feels mm. very strange to me that somehow Candace and her became BFFs. Yeah, like where, how, who, what, where, when, and, and how, and why? Like if anything, yeah. I really honestly would expect her and Monique to be better. Like somebody like, I don't know, really, yeah, like, how did that happen? And what do they talk about? What Unless it was for the show, like, it was a show friendship, which I don't remember if in episode one, y'all can remind me, if Candace was like, oh, I met Dr. Wendy a couple of months ago, which basically means, like, they were casted and they became friends, and that was their way in. So mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. would make sense to me, because otherwise, mm? Yeah, it's it's weird. It's a weird, it's a weird connection. And it's, I don't know. To say that you don't ever see fault in anything Candace says or does is just like complete fucking like yeah no that's that's Come not on. It. Candace even knows she's nuts. <laughs> Come on, like I don't. It's like I'm not. You know, I feel bad that she got her hair pulled. Like I'm not one of those people that like was excited that she got her ass beat. But, but like, Candace also felt like those really long, like overdramatic NBA players. She's very flagrant foulish. Like she. <laughs> falls and it's not that she didn't get knocked down it's just that she got knocked down and she now has to like slide 10 feet back and <laughs> roll over and ah, then, ah. like she's like my arm is broken and they're like girl we bumped you bumped she's you like in throwing head. her body over and tables like oh no and she has to like tumble it's like a whole production and now she's like i am a victim like i yeah. am all it i don't understand my assault i just showed up and she hit me it's like not to say that there is ever an excuse for that kind of behavior it's just that there you to say to your therapist you have no fault because the therapist is like 
girl, no one just shows up to a public place and bops you in the head. Not with their face yeah. showing, like, not on TV. So what did you do? Let's take some responsibility. Maybe, you know, my mom used to always tell me growing up that my mouth was going to get me in trouble one day. And she was like, someone's going to not like it. Mm-hmm. And someone might pop you in the mouth. Mm-hmm. I never knew who that person was, but I now channel it into a podcast so that no one pops <laughs> yeah. in the mouth at, at a winery, you know? Right. Yeah, and now she, you're so right, though. Now she is every day for weeks after she's waking up and, and, and having to work through the trauma of the night and she's still processing it all. Like, girl, girl. you got your fucking hair pulled over a table at, by your friend and but you then- knew that it was going to happen. Yes. And so my thing is, if you are still processing, then why couldn't you be patient when Monique's still processing? Not to say that I think Monique took the right amount of time. I think she owed some kind of a text or a something to Candace earlier. I've always said, I don't have an issue with what took place at the fight. I have an issue with Monique's aftermath, the the reactions afterwards. That's where I get very like rolling my eyes like, oh girl, because it's, I wish you would have just stand to stand sort of stood 10 toes down in it and been like, yeah, I beat her ass because I was tired of her talking shit. And it wasn't about this fight. It was just about a culmination Mm -hmm. of things. And I finally snapped because people snap. And so I would understand that. But it felt like Canvas, I'm like, I think she only pressed charges because of everyone who she looks up to told her to. Yeah. And she wants to be in good graces with her mother. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I just want, you know, my mom's checking on me and everything. And I feel like, and she's being told that this is a major deal and it is, but if you could be patient with yourself in processing it and realizing every day how hurt you are over it, you could have been patient with at least Monique's husband or something who could reach out to Chris. I agree with Chris Samuels. He told his wife, I need to reach out to her husband. I need to say something because we were friends and this is a thing, even if right. he's not mm-hmm. there yet. And he was waiting on his wife, which is respectable, but he's like, I need to say something. And I understand that. But if you could be paid, if you want us to be patient with you while you process your pain mm-hmm. of being mm-hmm. assaulted, then you can be patient with her while she processes what the fuck this means. And now it's just gotten to a petty place where now everybody's suing each other and everyone's, you know, this hood rat, that bitch, you Mm. know, this, how dare you, that, how dare you. And it's like, okay, Monique is um, pressing charges back against Candace because she's like, basically if the judge, she says, if the judge only believes your side of the story, I could be arrested in front of my children and I could actually serve time in jail and you seem to not care about that and to which I say Monique yes problem but you did not care about the react that's the whole thing is like you it's I understand snapping I understand that these things happen and people get angry fights happen I've seen them plenty of times there's never an excuse but it's like okay and like I don't believe in respectability politics so I'm not putting all of the weight of the world on Monique but mm-hmm. You had the most to lose here, not Candace. She had the most to gain. So I understand that you snap, but that's all the more reason why to me, we got to take it all the way back to why you keep thinking you got to put on this perfect housewife persona and act like everything's okay. Because clearly bottled up all the time, it exploded. And that's exactly what happened. Because if we had expressed a little bit of brokenness here, a little disappointment and disdain there, maybe we would not have been so bad out of shape where Candace saying, I love you, makes you want to beat her ass. Because now you do have the most to lose. And Candace had the most to gain here. Money, you off that show, you could have been arrested. She don't got no kids. Candace has no kids. You have the multiple kids in the house and everything. So again, 
we need to be thinking about this beyond what Candace can do. But that's also why you try not to get yourself into these situations. Because the moment you do, they hold more of the cards and the power than you can, than you feel comfortable giving them. Well, it's ironic because that was always her thing, right? That was always like, that was her mantra for the first, for her first couple years on the show. Like, I, you know, you never want to fight with somebody who has nothing to lose. Yeah. <laughs> that was what she used to say all the time, even when she did the umbrella thing. Like, she said it like eight times. Like, I'm not going to fight with somebody who has nothing to lose. Like, I'm the one that has everything to lose. Um, and it's true. And like, you know, I agree with you. It's, it's, it's not really, it's crazy because it's not really so much about what she did. It's about how she reacted to what she did. Like, you know, she was living in that mental space for so long and justifying what she did. And it's like, well, girl, <laughs> like you have all these people trying to like vouch for you and you seem to really not be rem truly, rem you've literally said, I'm not remorseful mm -hmm. about doing it. That's right. the problem. That you is can't the fucking problem. drag somebody's face over a, a barrel at a winery for 10 minutes and then say you aren't remorseful. That's crazy. At least not when a judge could watch, because that's what I'm saying. It's like, you just never, you obviously never expected the judge to see it, like to pray to see a judge. Right. You never expected that to ever happen because wholeheartedly, that's not good to the courts. Like it's, you got to show remorse and it's going to be hard to flip that. So, I mean, it's, it's obviously we know that it all gets dropped in real time, but it's crazy that now we have to kind of go back and forth between both of them and figure out how this happens. And then Candace handled it poorly too, finding it out. And of course, Chris took the MVP of that scene because he's laid back and it's like, why are you still going off on camera about this woman that you are taking to court? Stop it. Like, stop it. Right. It's like this hood rat bitch and this bitch. And I'm like, girl. I know. It just, it's, it's like... I am not, not team Candace, and I'm not team Monique. It feels strongly like this is why I have to be team the table because I hated the way Monique handled the situation afterwards, but Candace is so damn annoying. Like, she's so annoying, and it's not even just like, she, yes, I get what she says is vile. She says very vile and hateful things, but before any of that, she's annoying. She just talks too much about the wrong thing she's always mm -hmm. so in her own head she feels her own self she smells her own shit it's like you gotta stop like you really do because you can't possibly be so you're look literally you're you're contemplating the audacious nature of monique when you just did the same thing and you're like well she has no reason to well some could have said you could have just waited to talk it out with her too and you didn't right like you on television chose to throw a butter knife at Abby in your house on TV. That you mm -hmm. stabbed a knife into the table while you were talking to her. What are you doing? Like, yes. are you kidding me? Yes. Are you kidding me? And you still don't feel like you've ever done anything wrong and you don't provoke people. It's absurd. It is seriously, and again, to piggyback off what you and Kara said, like this idea that these women need to be held because they're black women, they need to be held at a different, they need to hold themselves to a different esteem. It's like, why? This is fucking housewives. Like this show is built on poor behavior. 
nobody on this show holds themselves to any sort of esteem. We have seen housewives go to prison. Like we have Hello. seen all kinds of shit go to happen. We've seen embezzlements and, and all of this crazy shit. Are you kidding me? Because while you guys were drinking at a winery, somebody, it got a little out of hand. Um, the christening, have you seen oh. the christening episode Hello. where children wow. are being you. fucking knocked down? There are babies being knocked Thank over and, and Melania is grabbing at her mom and trying to pull her away from fighting. Like, come on, come on. It's absurd. I can't. The christening. Let me tell you how many times Joe Gorga and Joe Judas have charged at each other. Like, oh my god! It's almost uncountable. Like, <laughs> not to mention Jacqueline Larita took Danielle's full weave out of her head, brought her down to the floor, and this is pre-margin Danielle. And that was the major thing. It was like, is Danielle wrong? Because the same thing happened to her, and she and everybody was looking at Danielle crazy for trying to take this child to court, and right. it's like. Obviously, there's differences in every situation, but it's like the, the point is no one is looking at housewives to be the epitome and the beacon of class and sophistication. Never once. That's the whole parody of it. It's like that's how they start. That's never how we end. And that's that's fine because the whole point was no matter how much money you have, you're still human. You will still break. You still get annoyed. You still get petty. You still get angry. You still hold grudges, no matter what. Right. You can have all the money in the world and you're still going to be the same person before mm-hmm. the money because that's just what happened. That's the human experience. And so I'm looking at them. Oh, can we talk about how Wendy looked visibly held hostage at Robin's? <laughs> <Adam>. <laughs> Wendy's faces so bad. (laughs) Wendy's faces into like she gives you like the office reactions. Like she like her faces into the camera kill me. I think Wendy is so funny. She's so funny. She fits right in in that regard because you need to have some comedic timing. You gotta <laughs> be quick. You gotta be witty. And she's so she looked like she was held hostage even in the pictures. Yeah. The yes. pictures even now, she looks like <laughs> this was definitely a filming event. They told me I wasn't gonna get paid if I didn't come. And when Wendy is not feeling it, like she could not look any more obvious that she wasn't like her face is so telling. I love it. It's amazing. I mean, for her. Uh, <laughs> the embezzlement uh hat line that's really <laughs> called embellished by robin it's just a series of um you know, <laughs> like fabric covered regular baseball caps <laughs> right yes. for robin but girl <laughs> i know i know it's it's like do what you gotta do you're right we've sat through worse and more ridiculous housewives um products before than for sure know, fabric covered fashion hats Absolutely. If we if we can sit through two seasons of pink sparkly dog food, oh, we can deal with some some you know some dazzled hats. Although many many <laughs> of my listeners would argue they did not sit through two seasons of pink sparkly dog food <laughs> on Housewives of Dallas. They were like, "Girl, the last thing we would do is sit through that." Now, what I wouldn't sit through is Carrie from uh, Dallas running around Thailand, uh, taking other girls' jewelry, cutting it up, and going. <laughs> I just love finding things and putting them together and becoming something beautiful and original and selling it for $480. Right. I go to Mexico and buy beads that cost me pennies and then sell them as high-end luxury items. Yes. That was the wildest thing I've ever heard when they were running around Thailand and she just took the girl's jewelry and she's like, I'm going to take this home and make something out of it. I'm like, make what, girl? It's already something. 
Right. You made. bought a necklace. Like it's been done. Like cutting it at the seam <laughs> and then like restringing it so that you get all the beads and put it on your string doesn't make it yours. <laughs> it's, even if you charge four hundred and ninety dollars, six thousand dollars. Her jewelry is wildly expensive. Crazy. For someone who we watched how she makes it, that's care. It's crazy. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. It's but incredible. People buy it. I think they it's do. it's wild. I don't know who those people are, but it is not me. Good for them. <laughs> but then we get Wendy. I actually kind of like this idea of how to conf- how to confront something um, head on. And this is something that I feel like she only feels confident doing because she gets on these commentator shows mm-hmm. and she's used to four or five conservative pundits coming at her in a very quick, quick time frame two minutes they get and they're Mm -hmm. coming at her and she gotta come back that's another reason why i think she couldn't be patient and observe that's not how she's trained like she literally has to go quickly at people Mm -hmm. she may have never met before and they're giving very hot takes very quickly and she has to get in there assess the situation give her opinion and and be done and leave so i think that's how she's training you know she's planning on doing this so they announce the trip ashley gives she goes i have a hint for y'all there is no such thing as a hint for Portugal. There's no such thing as a hint for Portugal. <laughs> no one knows the flag off the top of their head. There right. are flags or they're from there. There is not a lot of things that you would automatically equate with Portugal. You wouldn't go, hmm, Portugal, uh, 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 the, the fry? No, there's nothing she could have yeah. thought that would have made us understand what that was. So that was bullshit. I'm just like, what we never would have guessed this but she says we're all going to portugal and we're like okay yay class trip to portugal and then wendy goes before we go i want to make sure i enjoy my time so i want to clear the air and i think that was actually a really smart idea and a good thing to do um because karen's not gonna clear the air so at least make some great content yeah and like i don't know i just i'm I know, like you said earlier, people have had their issues with Wendy, but I really am like, I think about this all the time. I'm like, how do you, the women who come on these shows and just sort of assert themselves in a group of real housewives that already has this ball rolling, Mm -hmm. you know, and like she knows all the beats and she knows, it's, it's just like wild to me. Like, even if you don't like a real housewife, to see somebody come in and sort of make themselves a part of the group the way she has and take charge the way she has and lead conversations the way that she has. Like, you have to, like, you know, it's like, that's what a good housewife is. Like, I th- I, I'm obsessed with her, I think. I think so, too. I think that she, as polarizing as she is, I think she does an amazing job at being a good housewife and right. breaking things down really well, giving us little sound bites, things like that. I really love that she just kind of opened that up because it also Mm -hmm. gave Karen the opportunity to engage with her on the level that I thought she would, which is where she kind of dips a little too low. And she proves that Wendy makes her feel insecure and is a threat. And even if you don't like Wendy, Karen, and you can always love Karen, and we all love Karen, and Karen knows she's the bomb. But I think she sees this young, very intelligent woman who is still married well and taken great care of by her husband and is loved by her husband and she sees a version of herself that she used to have yep and she just like vicky did the Bronwyn. win i think she literally is like 
that would have been me that should have been me that could have been me that was me and it's a little much for her because she feels like it's a competition thing I mean, it yeah. doesn't have to be but i think karen feels a little bit threatened by it because she you know wendy already was fighting the wrong fight by explaining education and her degrees and stuff because karen genuinely did not mean you are ignorant as an individual because you are uneducated she said it wrong in my opinion and she meant it as a dig and wendy was like well what you're not going to do is take the one thing that I'm very, very insecure about, which is, you know, my education, my, mm-hmm. the, re- the way I'm respected amongst my family and my husband's family. Because the moment she's not accomplished, the husband's family is like, well, see, you married the wrong one. And we told you that. And we chose right. the right side. The moment she's not married, she might even think, think that of herself about her husband. He, you know, he left his whole family for me and boom, I'm like this. So I think it's very important to her that she is this perfect smart Nigerian wife and mother as best she can be so that she doesn't disappoint him, the family, her family. It's a lot of pressure. And I think that that's what she was defending. The funny thing is Karen was like, oh, I know what a doctor, my husband is the doctor of a of business because that's it's funny because karen's using her husband to fight the battle of wendy being educated as a doctor and wendy is like okay well i see your my husband's a doctor and what you know my husband is also a doctor yeah he has his juris doctorate honey and every law degree is a law is a doctorate degree so guess what now it's two doctors to your one give me what's next and I'm like, Karen, see, this is what you can't do. You can't roll in the mall with the girls. And she goes, my husband's a doctor in business. What is that? What, what is that? See, this is amazing. Because this is like literally leads perfectly into what I was going to say. I, so I agree with you. I think that she really is threatened by Wendy. And I think, if anything, we should pay more attention to Wendy because Karen is so threatened by her because that means that there's, some, there's something there. And I think... The thing about Wendy is that there's no smoke and mirrors. Mm-hmm. Potomac is such a, a franchise of smoke and mirrors. These are all women who show little bits of their lives, but then they present start their lives in certain ways and they lie about stuff and they hide stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, like it's a lot of smoke and mirrors and illusions and delusions and all kinds of shit. And Wendy is very just like, this is who I am. My job is my real job. I don't have all these weird lines and and products that are coming out and things. And I'm a literally, I have a real job that you can see on TV. My family is not perfect. Like we don't talk to my husband's uh, parents. They don't talk to us. They've never met my children. Like she's very honest about her life and about who she is, where the other women, especially Karen, are not. Like I feel like that honesty and that rawness and realness may also be a little bit too much for her. Yeah, I agree. I think that that's something that nobody thinks about. Nobody considers that of what, you know, they, what Wendy offers. They all thought they had to show up to this show and be perfect. And Wendy was like, well, I'm just going to be me. I'm just (laughs) me. You know, nothing else to be. So I, are you excited to go to Portugal? Would you have picked somewhere else for us to go and fight all this out? Um, you know what? I'm at a point in my life now where with the housewife trips, I'm like, it's just a location. Right. It's just another they'll country make the to most fight in. Whatever yeah, they like, go to. they'll do fun things and they'll fight at dinner tables and they'll, you know, they'll have seafood and they'll do things. I, I will say that I wish 
there are certain things about the housewives that I wish we could just fully break the fourth wall on. Like I wish that across the board, they could just be done. And I do wish that they could stop acting like one of the housewives came up with and planned the fucking trip. Like I, I just, I hate the introduction of the cast trip every single time, every city, every city, every season. honestly should just say it like, y'all, I picked where we should go this year. Like you're yes. saying a thing. You don't even have to say for the show, but you can at least be like, we all know we about to travel. So where we should go is here. <laughs> the whole like, well, like, well, I have business in Istanbul, so girls. <laughs> Remember that year that Ramona, like, <laughs> Not Mr. Bull. Where Ramona was telling Bethany, like when Ramona came on the trip anyway, because Bethany and her were on the outs, and Bethany, everybody was like, "Thanks so much, Bethany, for organizing this." Which I do think she genuinely like put in a lot of two cents and found the place and Bravo right. board and everything. Right. And Ramona was like, "Why are you thanking her? It's a group trip." She all but said, "We <laughs> all have to be here, honey." I'm here because I want to be. And Bethany's like, no one said it was my trip. And I'm like, well, y'all normally do say it's your trip. You so do. is letting you know I'm here because I can be. And Bethany don't have shit to say about it. Right. And that was the closest we're ever going to get, but I love it. It lives rent-free in my in my. <laughs> like, girls, I have to go to Russia for to sign a contract. And I thought, why don't you girls come? We'll make a trip of it. It's like, fuck off. We are 20 years into this friend. Like, I don't need enough. I don't need right. that. Like, girl, who are you fooling? Nobody. Fooling right. Okay. Oh, my God, Troy. We have come to the end of this episode. Anything additional, we will obviously cover on the page if we remember it. But we pretty much covered all the basics. You know, Giselle's messy. Karen is insecure, but right. also still a we stand. Monique and, Ed, <laughs> Mo- Monique and Wendy, uh, Monique and Candace, both wrong, both right, both wrong again. Um, Robin, money issues, got some hats, good for her. And they're going to Portugal. Yeah, I'm excited for the trip. I'm, I just, Potomac is self-care. Like, Potomac. It's so good. People go, this is like so a filler good. episode. I'm like, what do y'all want them to fight every week? They literally pulled each other's hair. Like, they fought for it. Like, they, they fought for it. They gave their all. They deserve a break. <laughs> no, yeah, they literally dragged each other over wine barrels. Uh, but I think that this show has good enough chemistry that even the filler episodes are still really entertaining. Like, I just love, I love this show. Yeah, absolutely. It was really, really fun this episode. I enjoyed every minute of it. I can't wait to go on the trip. Um, please, please, please tell the people where they can find you, listen to you, follow you, and what you are talking about on Dunzo these days. Yes. So my podcast is called Dunzo, D-U-N-Z-O. Um, you can find it on iTunes and Stitcher and everything. Um, the Patreon for my podcast is patreon.com slash solid listen. And yeah, I just finished Spooky Season, so I did all these really deep dives about um, horror movies with random people, random guests. It was super fun. Uh, Right before that, I did a nine-part Whitney Whitney Houston and Bobby Brown series that I'm, you know, I'm still kind of milking. I'm still doing uh, Being Bobby Brown for the Patreon and I still have more to do so if you want to come back for another one you, you, you are more than welcome yes absolutely I would love to okay well yeah that's pretty much it um as far as what I have coming up I'm not even entirely sure yet it'll be something random and pop culture in early 2000s because I want to get back into just doing fun lighthearted stuff Whitney and Bobby took a lot out of me 
So <laughs> I'm just trying to keep it light for a while because mm-hmm. I can't, I'm not in a mental place to be able to go there right now. So um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I love it. Absolutely love it. Um, please do follow Troy. Listen to him. He's incredible. As you know, as you listen to the end of this podcast, of course, this is coming out on election day. So by all means, after you voted or done your voting plan or gotten something for self-care, please stay happy, stay safe, stay healthy, stay home. It is definitely applicable to all of us these days. Um, and above all else, y'all, take care of yourself. Thanks for listening. Of course, you can follow me at Mixing with Moni on all the things, M-I-X-I-N-G-W-I-T-H-M-A-N-I. And of course, head on over to the Patreon if you would like to hear us talk more about hot topics, things that just came out today, some other things, and whatever we missed about all Potomac. Stay tuned for that if that is you. Otherwise, take care of yourself. See you next week when hopefully we're all in a good oh, Oh, place. oh hopefully, god hopefully maybe andy bravo god somebody help me <laughs> <laughs> y'all take care for more about me bravo housewives pop culture and so much more Follow me on Instagram at Mixing with Moni, M-I-X-I-N-G-W-I-T-H-M-A-N-I. So you can keep up with me and don't forget to also leave a quick review on Apple Podcasts if that's where you're listening and rate me and maybe give me five stars. Thanks so much. Bye.